It's time for Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds. Oh my. The best NFL podcast this side of the Mason-Dixon line. What do Falcons do? Falcons, Falcons rise up. Here's your hosts, Josh Stitcher and Patrick Edson. Welcome to Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds, presented by the Morning Five. Our friends Bryce and Billy, thank you so very much for letting me, Patrick Edson, and Josh Stitcher talk all things Falcon football and what it means to us. Hey, Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm great, Patrick. How are you doing? Man, I'm awesome. Uh, It's always awesome to come off a Sunday where you see your team, the Falcons, win ugly, brother, but they won, right? And a win is a win is a win in the National Football League. Yeah, especially a win is a win is a win in the NFC South. Because it sounds really good to hear your number one Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Absolutely, man. They are in first place. And, you know, uh, but before we kind of dive into Falcons Bucks and kind of recap that for you tonight, uh, I agree, man. Right now the Falcons, um, uh, <laughs> oh, knock on wood, they might be the most complete team in the NFC South right now. And winning that game yesterday puts them in the driver's seat. They're 2-0 and uh, in the division right now, 4-3 uh, and three overall. They go on the road again this week, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later as they face the Titans. But right now, let's take the fans back to Raymond James Stadium yesterday where the Falcons – on the foot of Young Way Koo as time expired with a 51-yard field goal to win it. Des Ritter yesterday was 19 of 25 for 250 yards, and he had one rushing touchdown. <laughs> Should have had two rushing touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, that, too. He had three turnovers, all fumbles, and, and two of those were in good lord inside the five and um and then another was a sack fumble at the end of the first half and uh but i think the the big thing yesterday for the falcons was the run game tyler algier 21 carries for 59 yards and then lo and behold we get a cordell cordero patterson sighting hallelujah you know 10 carries for 56 yards it was really nice to see patterson back in the mix yesterday and that was only because uh, B. John Robinson woke up. Uh, I think they traveled on on Saturday. He got sick, had headaches. Woke up Sunday morning, headaches, and uh, and Arthur Smith said, "Hey, you know, just he, I think he played like five or six snaps in the first half." And then, of course, you're completely myth on that final drive. You look up and oh, there's B. John Robinson in the backfield. What the heck? which I, that didn't make any sense to me, but, oh. you know, is he sick? Is he not sick? Why is the guy on the field? Yeah, I mean, that, that blew my mind. And, and almost like a disrespect to Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, they were kind of the bell cows, if you call that, for most of the game, for all the game practically. I mean, that final drive, Bajan comes in like he's going to save the day. Um, unfortunately, it worked. And Young Way Koo was the savior, and I'm, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I don't know if if Arthur Smith did himself any favors, uh, you know, throwing Bajan out there for that last drive, as far as respect goes from the other offensive players. Yeah, just it just just didn't feel uh, 
like a really smart move, almost like a desperate move or something. I, I didn't understand it. I mean, uh, combined Algier and 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 Patterson carried the ball 38 times for 156 yards yesterday. I mean, you, you do that in the NFL, uh, you're going to be pretty stinking successful. Um, that is if you don't turn the ball over three times. But you know, uh, <laughs> you know, Ritter Ritter football giver was <laughs> in full effect yesterday, as far as I'm concerned. But um, you know. Um, yeah, I just didn't see the value of throwing Robinson out there like that uh, late in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. And But, you know, to to Desmond Ritter's credit yesterday, and I heard, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think it was Dan Orlovsky on ESPN talk about this too. You know, he, he felt like Ritter, take away the turnovers, Ritter played an excellent football game yesterday, and I tend to agree. I mean, 19-25, he, Threw the ball in some tight windows yesterday. That pass on the final drive that got them down into field goal range with Kyle Pitts. I mean, it was it was fantastic, and and you know, so it, it's like a you know Jekyll and Hyde Ritter game going on right now. Which one are you gonna get? Yeah, Orlovsky was correct, 100%. Ritter Sunday yesterday looked completely different than Ritter from a week ago, and. I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but I think it goes back to his inexperience. And maybe once he gets to figuring things out, once he gets more comfortable doing what they're doing, he can only get better. And yeah, that's an exciting absolutely. thing. I know there's yeah, a lot absolutely. of there's a lot of Falcons fans on Facebook and in those groups that I'm in and everything that wanted Ritter not to even get back on the airplane yesterday. But I'm just not <laughs> one of those guys yet. I mean that's our quarterback. That's right. our guy. Right. I mean, he's had 11 starts, everybody. Let's take a deep breath, and I'm going to steal one from my man Aaron Rodgers in R-L-A-X. Right. right. Relax. I mean, Desmond Ritter was a winner in college at Cincinnati. He got his Bearcats extremely close in his senior season. They lost to Georgia uh, you know, it. He he has some of the intangibles. Yes. Does he learn? Does he need to learn the rule that Dan Quinn lived by when he was Falcons head coach? It's all about football. You know, got to protect the football. And that that run, uh, I believe, was in the fourth quarter yesterday. I mean, he if he gets that touchdown, the game the game is out of reach at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got to he's got to know, man. I got to get that football out of my right hand and get it in my left hand, right? I mean, that's just that's just natural instinct as a runner. And you know, maybe that's just something he does it that doesn't come natural to him. But what needs to come natural to him is I got to protect the football. That's my number one responsibility as an NFL quarterback. You're right, and I'm a. I was an offensive lineman, and even I knew that he needed to switch his ball to the outside hand. But I don't even know if until that defensive back hit him, if he even knew that that guy was around because he had almost kind of started to stroll across the goal line. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I, you know, I saw a couple of different replays while I was watching the telecast yesterday, and it almost looked as if Ritter sort of let up just a hair. 
you know, on, the, on his first touchdown, well, his only touchdown run yesterday, I mean, he, he had the ball in two hands as he was diving across the goal line. So, you know, it, it's just – it's the little things, right? It's those little things that you hear coaches talk about all the time. It doesn't matter if it's at Pee Wee or in middle school or in high school or in college or in the NFL – have to do the little things and as the leader of the football team you have to be the example of doing those little things you know and I'm gonna be honest with you Josh after the field goal yesterday in the fourth quarter where Tampa tied the game well first I thought dadgum Baker Mayfield is gonna lead these guys down in the last two minutes they're gonna touchdown they're gonna win this stinking game and it was a winnable game but man our defense Defense held up. They did. They, you know, they didn't break. They forced the field goal. But I, I kind of wonder, as those, as his teammates were standing on the sideline with him, come out for that final drive. You got to start wondering. Those, you know, it's easy for your teammate after the game to say, "Oh yeah, he's my quarterback, man." You know, Torello was he's my quarterback. He's my quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing, right? But you're standing on the sideline. You got to start wondering, man. Does his teammates, do those guys really believe that Ritter is going to drive them down the field? And he did it, man. He did it. Maybe that went a long way to earning his teammates respect yesterday. Yeah, that is a very good point. And I don't know 100% if they were, you know, all with him, if he was their quarterback. But I certainly have to think that after that last drive and, and winning the ball game, that those guys went into that locker room and maybe hit him on the back and said, you know what, that's my quarterback now. Because that last drive, he showed resilience, he showed poise, and he looked like he was an NFL veteran quarterback. Absolutely, man. You are absolutely right. I think the drive started with like a penalty or some sort of wonky play, and then that that throw that nice touch pass uh-huh. to Pitts. Uh-huh. You know, that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of so far this season. So I've got to believe, you know, he his confidence is just growing and Falcon fans need to really just, you know, look, breathe, relax, let the you know, let the process play out. Yes. Will Arthur Smith style of football just frustrate the tar out of you yes it's going to and that i think but again this is where he loves to live man loves to live in that 2017 24 20 16 13 world he doesn't care how he how pretty it looks as long as they get a win but i i've got to believe that ritter got better yesterday and with that his team is going to really rally around them when they need to, when that adversity hits. Yesterday, you take those three turnovers away. I mean, the Falcons win that game by 17, 21 points. Absolutely. They were dominating, dominating the Bucks. man. Complete. I, I, I agree with you completely. And, Absolutely. And I, I mean, I just think that, yeah, if if Ritter hadn't turned the ball over three times, well, you and I are having a very different conversation and talking about this game from a domination standpoint. It's the Falcons, I mean, they kind of beat the Bucks up and down the field everywhere bad, but on the scoreboard. That happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this was the first road win for the Falcons 
since December of, I believe, 22. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so this is Dez's first win on the road. And you just got to think going into the matchup this Sunday against Tennessee, you know, uh, they've got a host of issues right now. They, they're coming off a of bye week, so they're going to have, you know, have had an extra week to prepare. And so it'll see, it'll be interesting to see what Mike Vrabel brings uh, on Sunday and whether or not we'll see uh, Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the verdict is still out on that. But back to yesterday's game, you know, Baker Mayfield, 27 to 42, 275 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Um, and, and Raymond James Stadium, I, I love it when I see the Bucks lose, man. But it, you know, obviously it's even better when the Falcons win. But, you know, Raymond James Stadium has historically been a nightmarish place for the Falcons. You know, last year, Grady Jarrett, you know, sacking Tom Brady and then that ridiculous uh, roughing the passer call. And, you know, the Falcons were really surging there at the end of the game. I I think that, you know, they were they were in a position maybe to win that football game last year. Um, I was impressed, though, yesterday with the Falcons defense. And, you know, when I read today that they are now the they're ranked number five defense in all of the NFL, it's like, uh, what, what? If you, you know, if you would have told me seven weeks in uh, at the beginning of the season, hey man, the Falcons will be four and three, and they're going and really should be five and two, um, and they're they're going to be the fifth best defense in the in the National Football League, man, I would I would have bet the house on that, brother. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I mean, I just looked it up earlier today. I, I play a couple of fantasy football leagues and everything and in the no, nobody in either league has the falcons defense pick well i picked them up earlier today um just because they've been playing so well and they're, and they're they, they're the most consistent thing about the atlanta falcons team but they're pretty consistent you know as far as week in and week out across the league yep uh, yep they had three sacks yesterday i think it was Calais campbell uh, Onyemata had a really key sack in that fourth quarter yesterday. Um, uh, they they held the Bucks to 70 yards on the ground. Yeah. Rashad White was their leading carrier yesterday, 13 carries for 34 yards. And, and, you know, when you look at the stats for yesterday, you know, both teams, I mean, there's the Bucks ran 65 plays, Falcons ran 64. Total yards, the Falcons had 401, the Bucks had 329. Uh, uh, Ritter threw for 245, Mayfield threw for 256, you know. Um, the difference in the game, in my opinion, is that the Bucks just couldn't run the football. Oh. And it's and it shows on total plays. Uh, Mayfield threw the ball 42 times, and they only ran it 20 times. <laughs> and I think – you, when you have that kind of balance with a quarterback like uh, Baker Mayfield, that's going to cause you problems. But I think you got to give credit to the Falcons' defense for causing that to happen. Oh, yeah. And it, any coach anywhere, if you can run the ball with success, that you're, you're on your way. And to see the Falcons run a balanced attack like they did and their defense just be so stingy against the run by Tampa Bay um, – that was it made me feel better about Ritter 
you know, coughing the ball up three times because that, like, like we said earlier, that's the Arthur Smith football that he wants to do. There's very much balanced offense. Get that run game going because we see here, you know, the Bucks uh, just couldn't get it going, and that's probably plays into what cost them the ball game. Because, and I'm from that. Yeah. I'm from that old school. You know, I played it at Bowden High School, and we might have thrown the ball twelve times in my whole career. You know, it was run, run, run. So, I mean, that's just what naturally I love to see. It doesn't matter what level of ball it is. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that ground and pound, smash in the mouth, you know. Uh, and and I, I think you look at today's NFL and you still have to be able to do that, to win on the road, and especially win on the road in the postseason got to have a defense that travels and you got to be able to run the football so you know to me i even though they're just four and three and i know and and i and i know every falcon fan that's listening to this broadcast right now they're going oh boy here we go again patrick's dream especially my friends if they hear they're gonna be like man patrick whatever dude but i'm telling you i'm excited about where this team is going i just hope that it's a situation where Ritter just keeps getting better and better and better. And, I mean, they're going to be hiccups. I just hope he can minimize those mistakes and the turnovers, like you said. So, um, all right. So, let's talk about um, uh, the, the offense before we move on. I, I just want to say I think – they have so many weapons, and it was proven yesterday, especially in the run game with Robinson unable to go. It was so great to see Patterson back on the field and how he runs the football. I love Cordero Patterson. I couldn't stand him when he was playing against us, but, you know, like anything else, I absolutely love seeing him in a Falcons uniform because <laughs> at any given time, anywhere on the field that he's out there, he has the opportunity and more often than not, the ability to make something electric happen. So the Falcons yeah. are a better team than Cordero Patterson is in the game. Now, I didn't like the circumstances with Bajan, you know, under the weather a bit or anything, but I think that Arthur needs to start working on some packages just for Cordero moving forward in the season. Yeah, I mean, he's just too, he's too explosive, and he can be so dominant, man. I mean, um, when he is at his best running hard and running the football, I, I, I have to believe the Falcons are a better team when he's involved. There's no question about that. Bijan is exciting, absolutely. Algier runs hard. He's a great that, that utility back, if you will. He's, he's going to run guys over. But Patterson can run guys over and make them and make a miss. And, you know, I, I just feel like more Patterson, please – and we're, we're going to be fine uh, running the football. One other thing about the Falcons' defense yesterday, um, they caused two turnovers. Richie Grant with a big interception there in the fourth quarter as well. Um, you know, they their defense is just, you know, it's playing lights out right now in my mind. It's the best defense I've seen them play probably in about four or five years. Yeah, it really is. The defense is kind of the, the bread and butter and what's holding their, their team together. And that's something that we haven't been able to talk about in the last couple of years. You know, the last two or three seasons, all we wanted was pass rushers. 
We wanted to draft a couple of pass rushers. We wanted to shore up that front seven on defense, and now it's finally coming to fruition. And so now I want us to shore up our offensive line. But they played pretty well yesterday. I mean, they – Yeah, I mean – I mean, dinner – Ditter. I call call him Ditter. Ditter. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, I mean, he – I don't think he – there was one sack yesterday. One sack. When was the last time you saw that? I mean, you know, so one sack uh, for the offensive line of protection, uh, 38 carries, 156 yards rushing. Yeah, they played They played an excellent game yesterday, and that's got to be exciting for Falcon fans. Yeah, I, I know it's exciting for me. And I just, you know, sitting in the stands the last couple of years at the Benz, at home games, and that's what the majority of the fans that I sat around were moaning and griping about, myself included. So I just hope and pray that that they're enjoying all those guys that were in Section 301 last season are enjoying these moments like I am um, with this offensive line, especially with the defense. Absolutely. So, all right, man, let's head – uh, into the recap of week seven in the NFC South. Uh, the Panthers, good for them yesterday. They didn't lose. Guess what? They didn't win either because they were off. So the 0-6 Panthers were not on the field. And then, of course, Thursday night uh, on Amazon Prime, it was Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars taking care of our uh, – our best friends, the New Orleans Saints, 31-24. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. The one Saint player, before we even get into the recap, the one Saint player I hate the most. No, excuse me. I don't hate anybody. The Lord Jesus has taught me never to hate. The one player I do not like watching is Taysom Hill, and I don't care who you are. But if I hear Joe Buck or Troy Aikman or Tony Romo talk about his versatility anymore, I'm just going to pull my hair out and tear my television off the wall. That's how much I hate or dislike Taysom Hill. I'm with you 100%. I think the Taysom Hill project the first couple of seasons worked well because nobody knew exactly how to defend him and everything. But now, finally, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of paved the way or maybe shown – the Superman's kryptonite in Joe Buck's mind and all that stuff. I'm with That's you. Right. I strongly dislike Taysom Hill. <laughs> all right. So the the line from that game, Trevor Lawrence was 20 of 29 for 204 yards and a tutty. Uh, and he also had eight carries for 59 yards. But Travis Etienne, uh, 14 carries, 53 yards, and two touchdowns. And then, you know, that game was tight late. Uh, it was tied uh, until – uh, Lawrence hit Christian Kirk on a 44-yard touchdown pass with about three minutes left to play to put that game away. Uh, Michael Thomas was the leading receiver for the Saints. He had three catches for 42 yards and a tutty. Derek Carr was 33 of 51. Again, you know, Derek Carr being Derek Carr. Uh, when you throw the ball 55 times, but, you know, you, you run it for less than 20 times, I mean, again, no balance, and you've got to have – balance to win on the road in the NFL and and this again was a prime example of a team not having it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That gives that defense, you know, they that coordinator says, okay, they're not a threat to run the ball. We're gonna pin our ears back and get to Derek Carr. And if we can't get him on the ground, we're at least gonna rush him. 
And, you know, Foyer Oluokon had that big uh, interception. And I still love Foyer. He was a huge <laughs> asset right. when That's he right. played in Atlanta. So I love to see Absolutely. former Falcons do well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, he did it against the Saints, which made it even better. That's exactly. right. So, uh, again, the Jaguars took care of the Saints 31-24. They go to 5-2. and two. The Saints drop to a lowly 3-4. and four, And they are looking up to the Falcons as they should be. You know, buddy, um, I looked at this week in Falcons history, and I found an awesome, awesome moment for the Atlanta Falcons. It happened back in uh, October 30th, the day before. So, you know, we're a little bit uh, ahead of the schedule. But on October 30th, 1966, the first Falcon in franchise history rushed for 100 yards in a game. Junior Coffee ran for 117 yards. And that's your Falcons trivia fact of the day. Uh, anybody interested in sponsoring the Falcons trivia fact of the day can reach out to our good friends over at the Morning Five and let's see if we can hook you up, uh, get you something going there. All right, let's look back at our Week Seven picks, Josh. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you, man, but I got you. I got you by one. Uh, I was five and one, and you were four and two. I had the Ravens uh, over the Lions, the Chiefs. I uh, had the Rams. Um, so let's see. Let me back up the Dolphins and Eagles. Uh, I think we both uh, picked uh, the Eagles there. Or excuse me. I think we both picked the hold Dolphins. On, Josh, we both picked the Dolphins. That's right. I'm looking at this wrong. So we both picked the Dolphins. Uh, we both picked the Chiefs. We both picked the Rams. Uh, we both picked the Browns, and we both picked the Falcons. So I'm five and two. Or excuse me, five and one. You're four and two. As we head into Week Eight picks. And I sent those to you, so you want to pick those now while the listeners are listening, and uh, we'll go through here. So uh, let's go. Uh, let's go over uh, the first game. Obviously, I've got the Falcons and the Titans right now. The Titans are favored at home by one. I like the Falcons in that. I think right now they're just they're they're surging. I love what Ritter did on the road yesterday, despite giving up the three fumbles. You know, um, I like the Falcons. I, I like the Falcons as well. It's going to be kind of an Arthur Smith homecoming, going back to yep. Nashville and everything. Um, in Tennessee, they're just – I don't think they know what they got going on up there. You know, they're just in some trouble <laughs> and some turmoil. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to be too much. Even with the Titans coming off a of bye week, I think the Falcons will win. And they may win it by 10 or better as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. you know, I think Mike Vrabel's got a lot of problems up there right now, especially uh, in their last game uh, before the bye. Um, you know, he, he pulled Tannehill at one point and put Willis in the game. So we'll we'll see what the Titans bring uh, on Sunday as the Falcons visit uh, Nashville to face the Titans. All right, Bucks and Bills. The Bills right now are eight and a half. Uh, point favorite. That's the, and let me say that was of as of yesterday. I was going to check these, so we'll go with just as of yesterday. Who do you like, uh, Bucks and Bills? Oh, I, I definitely like the Bills. Josh Allen is just too much. It's at Buffalo. You know, it, who knows what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo between now and Sunday? It could be beautiful and sixty degrees, and it could plummet. And 
a sub-zero temperature. And you know, those boys from South Florida, they're just not going to be prepared regardless for what's coming. Bills hadn't played, you know, as great as they would want to this season. I think this Sunday they kind of right their ship and kind of do things the way they want to do it and probably win pretty big. Yeah, I got a feeling that this is going to be a get-right, get-back game for the Bills after yesterday's uh, defeat uh, to the Patriots, who, you know, they've had a lackluster season. But, you know, there we go again, Bill Belichick pulling the hat out of the – or pulling the rabbit out of the hat uh, to get the the win yesterday. Uh, I got to think that Josh Allen and the Bills come back with a fury this week. Uh, they're definitely going to cover, and I, I wouldn't be surprised they win by 14 or more. Yeah. All right, so we both go with the Bills there. Next game we're picking is Jags and Steelers, and as of yesterday, this game was a push, so there was no line. Uh, it's and Pittsburgh. Uh, the Jags, you know, having a, a little bit of a couple more days because they played last Thursday night. Uh, the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, um, you know, uh, you know, I, my heart tells me Steelers because as I, I still think they're fighting to find an identity, you know. Um, Kenny Pickett, you know, he's kind of in that same – uh, filter right now with Des Ritter trying to learn the you know the ins and outs and the nuances of being a professional quarterback and you know right now the Jags just seem to be playing better football so I'm taking the Jags. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you differently on that and I'm going to go with the Steelers and their steel curtain uh-huh. defense. Okay. I know it's All not right, the, I, I know it. it's not the steel curtain defense that it used to be but they're <laughs> no. playing at Heinz Field. <laughs> That's a tough place right. to play if you're an opposing team. Absolutely. And I think this is the first game of the season that Trevor Lawrence gets rattled. Kenny Pickett's going to do what he needs to do against that Dags defense. I think Kenny Pickett's going to solidify you know, what he wants to do with his this season. He's going to find his way, and the Steelers are going to find a way claw and win this ballgame. <laughs> All right, man. I love it. Well, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, Doug Peterson, instead of pulling a Philly Philly, he's going to pull a Billy Billy and uh, bring a rabbit out of his hat. He always is an innovator. He's going to bring out a special play or something, one or two plays. It'll be a close ball game, no doubt about it. Uh, that's why there's not a line on it. But I still think the Jags go go to Pittsburgh and pull it out. All right, Rams at Cowboys. Um my, my old coach bro, uh, Dan Quinn, um, and uh, Mike McCarthy uh, hosting Sean McVay and the Rams. The Cowboys are six-point favorites. What do you got, man? Cowboys. Going with the Cowboys. Cowboys. I don't right. I don't want to go with the Cowboys, but <laughs> they're, playing, they're playing pretty good football right now. And Dan Quinn, <laughs> you, Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy together are a dangerous combination. And I just think this game in, in Jerry World and uh, everything, I think the Cowboys are going to come out on top. Wouldn't hurt my feelings any if Matthew Stafford had a big game, though. No, it wouldn't. And, you know, and, and as much as I hate to agree with you, you know, I think the big problem the Rams are going to have on Sunday is running the football. Kerryon Williams, and the only reason why I know this is because he's on my fantasy team. Don't ask me how my fantasy team is doing. Every playmaker I had at the start of the season is gone. 
Okay, oh, yeah. so I'm just left scrambling every every Wednesday or Thursday night about one in the morning when I can't sleep. I'm up uh, combing the waiver wire, trying to find somebody to play something for me and get me some points on Sunday. And right now, it's looking pretty ugly for this guy's fantasy team. However, I do agree with you that the Cowboys are just going to have too much. The Rams are not going to be able to run the ball with any consistency, and it's on the road. It's at Jerry World. I'm taking the Cowboys. All right, so the next uh, game is Chiefs at Broncos. This will be an AFC West division rivalry game. The Chiefs are favored now by eight. I'm going to go with, obviously, especially if Tay-Tay shows up, I'm going with the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey was uh, spectacular yesterday uh, in the Chiefs' win at home. Um, you know, I'm a little concerned about, uh, you know, can the Chiefs game go on the road? But at the moment, it's the Broncos, who I have no faith in whatsoever. Uh, they, they're just playing really lousy football, and I love it because Sean Payton is their coach. As far as I'm concerned, they can go, oh, and forever as long as that guy is their football coach. And he's got Russell Wilson, and he could go over forever. I could really give a rip about the Broncos. I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I am definitely taking the Chiefs right there, and it's because they're playing the Broncos. And the Broncos, like you said, (laughs) they may come out this Sunday and look like world beaters, but I doubt it. It hadn't looked like it all year. They looked like they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper sack. So, yeah. Chiefs. And it's the defending champions, yeah, on the road, yeah. We, all right, we both like the Chiefs. Final game, it's the battle for the Big Apple. The Jets and the Giants. Who you got, man? Who you like? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Why you like the Jets, my friend? I don't know if, you know, I like what they're doing despite Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. I'll be honest with you. When he got hurt that first game, I said, well, their season's over with. But, yet they found a way to just keep winning and just keep clawing and scratching. I love Robert Saleh. I love his tenacity, the way he coaches, the way he has his teams prepared. And the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones has been out with a neck injury. I think he's coming. I think I heard someone say that he may start back practicing this week. Even if he gets the clear to play, he's not going to be anywhere ready to play on Sunday night. And so I just think the Jets will be too much for the Giants. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. You know, if I were uh, if I were Brian Dayball and my offensive line is playing just about as bad as it has, even though they played well yesterday coming off a win, I believe, against the Commanders, the Jets and the Commanders, that's like a, comparing an apple to an orange at this point. The Jets play much better defense. Plus, I believe they're coming off a bye week. They didn't play this past weekend. And so uh, I got to feel more confident in the Jets' ability to run the football. Uh, Bryce Hall is back there uh, running hard. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's the Jets over the Giants. Uh, So give me the Jets uh, to win the battle of New York on Sunday. All right, man. Preview next week. Falcons and Titans. Titans lost in week six to the Ravens 24-16. 
Um, and they've got a bit of a quarterback controversy, uh, Tannehill and Malik Willis. And to be honest with you, I don't even think those two guys are the best quarterback maybe on their team at this point. I think it's uh, the kid from Kentucky that they draft. I agree with you 100%. The kid from Kentucky knows how to win. The kid from Kentucky played in the SEC. I mean, he played some tough ball games. I think SEC football gets you prepared for the NFL, um, just to be honest with you. So, yeah, give him a look. See what he can't do. Right. You know, Will Levis, uh, you know, was a a great, uh, you know, well, I won't go as far as great, but he was a really good college quarterback at Kentucky. Uh They were a big reason why they were as, you know, played very well last year. Uh, End of the season, they kind of ran a little out of gas, maybe a touch, but Levis uh, has all the skills that you want in a pro quarterback. But, you know, again, um, I'm not sure why they're – and maybe they're thinking, you know, and this is very possible because Vrabel comes from that Belichick coaching tree where he may be thinking the long game here and he wants to see – you know, I think he knows what he has in Tannehill. Uh, and maybe he wants to see what he has in Willis. Uh, but either way, um, you know, right now, um, for some odd reason, I just feel better about where we are <laughs> on offense. Uh, and Ritter, uh, if, if Ritter, Ritter, football giver, cannot give up the football on Sunday, then I like the Falcons' chance to go on the road back-to-back weeks, get a W with their defense, pound the football. I think this is going to be a low score. You know, this is going to – Arthur Smith is probably going to sleep all week and dream the most incredible Candyland dreams any man wants to have because this game is going to be – it's going to have Arthur Smith written all over it. It's going to be – Round and pound, you know, make make pack games in the passing game or make plays in the passing game when you need to. But I think the Falcons go to Tennessee and they win on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I'm with you 100%. And for all the reasons that you stated, Arthur Smith is going to have the Falcons offense playing like football in a phone booth. Just running the ball. <laughs> just pounding at them. I think if, especially if Bajon is back and feels 100%, that just adds a, a burst of element, you know, burst of speed and electricity to the offense. If not, I have full faith and confidence that Tyler Algier can pound and pound them and then give, get Cordero the ball a little bit and see what he can do. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who knows? Absolutely. All right, man. So, uh, finishing up, uh, the rest of the NFC South in week eight, you got the Bucks, the Bills, which we picked this week. The Panthers host the Texans Sunday at 1, so it'll be the battle of top quarterbacks from this past uh, NFL draft. It'll be uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. That is if Bryce Young can go. Uh, I think I saw something late today where he might be questionable going into Sunday. And finally, the Colts and Gardner Minshew host the Saints at Lucas Oil Field. And Gardner Minshew, please, 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 Put a whooping on the Saints. All right, man. So one more segment. We did what's my favorite last week. This week, we're going to do 
get off my lawn. And my get off my lawn moment is the referees of the NFL. Get off my lawn. Yesterday, I watched multiple games, and I still, for the love of what everything is sacred and holy, can't figure out why referees cannot decide what is holding versus what is not holding. Yesterday, in the Falcons game, there were at least, I can count them on one hand, all the way up to five, questionable holding calls both on both the Falcons and the Bucks and I it just I'm 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 sick of it dude like can we just get to a point where we can have some consistency when we're calling holding in the NFL I'm I'm done with it (laughs) this will probably never happen again in the history of the world but I could show you on my computer at work where I was typing up some notes that is my rant as well. The NFL referees, <laughs> oh, no the freaking holding yesterday. Oh my lord! I mean, I'm sitting wow. there, and my son, my son and I are watching the game this morning before he goes to school, and you know he's 14, and he's sitting there just you know, can't figure out why they're not calling this and that. I thought it was just me, and he picks up on no. it, and I'm like, this is gonna be it for get off my lawn. And so today. <laughs> We both are just all over the dadgum NFL oh. officials. Come on. Yeah, it's be just, better. yeah, come on is right. You know, it's, it's, be better. Absolutely. Be better, man, it, for sure. Well, fans, look, man, we are so thankful that you have heard the inaugural broadcast of Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds. We want to thank the Morning Five, uh, Bryce Sparling, Billy Lindahl, for Josh Stitcher, I'm Patrick Edson, and we'll see you next week on Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds. <laughs>